Welcome to the Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. How are you doing, my friend? I hope this day finds you well. Today, I'd like to speak to you about how to help a grieving family member or friend. We will focus on what to do, and in this case, what to do to lend emotional support. In a future episode, I will talk about what to do to lend practical support. One of the most important things you need to remember going into this is none of this is about you. Whether you're coming into this at the beginning of their grief journey or later on, their pain and their process has absolutely nothing to do with you. What I'm talking about here is if you are the type of person who isn't able to keep your business to yourself when in the company of a grieving family member or friend, then you shouldn't get involved. Because when someone is hurting, the last thing they want to hear about is anything about your life situation and struggles. They simply don't have the emotional capacity to take on your problems or even hear about them. They may put on a brave face and try to help you with your problems, but inside they are wishing you would just go away. So if you aren't able to concentrate on helping them, and only them, and if you tend to make everything about you, then please stay away. You will cause more harm than good. You also need to understand that you just can't fix everything in life, and this is certainly one thing you cannot fix. Once a person has died or was killed, it is more about comforting and supporting them than anything else. They are in great pain, and you either will help make it better for them or worse. Don't be a person who believes everything can be fixed. This can't be made better. 
There are just some things in life where we need to endure the pain and come out on the other side. There may be times when you think they will want to talk about what's going on inside them, but really, they may either not be ready or they simply aren't up to it that day. So be gracious and just ask before you pop up on their doorstep. Always call beforehand and ask permission to visit because they may want private time to be alone to comprehend all that has happened. Of course, you'll want to check in from time to time, but you should always honor their privacy, and if they say no, you need to respect that. It doesn't mean that you can't text and say, I'm dropping off something at your door for you. And then bring flowers or groceries, a candle, something to soothe them with a note saying, I'm thinking of you. But there have been many times that people came to my door and I never answered it because I simply didn't want to entertain anyone. I just didn't have the strength. Offer to be the shoulder they cry on or the sounding board when they need to vent. But don't feel badly if they decline. You need only say, the offer still stands, so just let me know. But let's start at the beginning, with the notification in whatever manner it came to them. And you hear about it in some manner too, either from a friend, even social media. And if you were very close to this individual, and in the same geographical location, you might rush over to their home, or you might call them with offers to help with whatever they may need. At first, you might just sit close to them so they can tell you the story. Bereaved folks need to retell their story of how their loved one died, especially if it was sudden because even they don't believe it's happened. And they feel comforted that you are right there next to them. So if you see them very close afterwards, it's important to serve them, whether that is just sitting on the sofa holding their hand and listening to every word attentively, or getting them a drink, propping up pillows, maybe covering them with a soft blanket, Make them more comfortable and be available. If they cry, hold them and hold their hand. Let them cry for as long as necessary. Don't ever give them the impression that you are uncomfortable with how long they've cried and feel like they should stop. Stay right there with them through their wailing with tissues ready for them. Also, pay attention to their actions and read what is necessary. Do they want you to help call others to notify them of the death? When is the last time they ate? Should you call in for food or make them something? Perhaps some soup, coffee, or tea, something light. Do they need you to make something for the other family members? 
If they are afraid to be alone, especially if their spouse has died and it's been very many years since they were the only one in their home, you might offer to stay a few nights so they are more at ease. Remember to listen more and talk less. No need to offer advice. You don't know all the circumstances yet, and until they ask for advice, refrain from offering any. Simply being present and sometimes silent is an underappreciated gift you can give them. Anger and sadness, tears and pain will surface, and it's important that you not judge them. When we first experience grief, we aren't really sure how we will react or deal with it. We often surprise ourselves with our reactions. So your bereaved friend or relative will appreciate that you are there for them and just being with them at such a painful time in life. It is not uncommon for you yourself to cry with them, and it's all okay. You might be crying for the death of the person whom you knew yourself, or you might be crying to see your friend in such pain. Also, ask them what they may need from you. Although at that moment they might not be aware of what to ask for, tell them to write it down when they do think of something. So many times people offer their help at the funeral, but few ever follow through with their promises. Be someone who does keep their promises. Call or text regularly. Offer to bring over dinner. Offer to watch a movie with them and cuddle close since they will be missing their loved one's presence more than anything. One of the most difficult parts of grieving a loved one's death is that the person is no longer there each day with them. We miss their presence. We can't talk to them, get their opinion, laugh with them, smile with them, tell jokes, go places, even the simplest thing like shopping together. The everyday things we miss so much. Now that all goes away, and they sit each night all alone with no one to interact with, it makes for a very lonely life. Many times, grief can make you feel like you are going crazy. During the beginning of the journey, you are in this bubble, which feels like everything is on slow motion and happening around you. You almost don't feel like it's real. And sometimes you question whether it is all a bad dream that you will wake up from. But when the bubble starts to wear away, you can't convince yourself that your loved one is on vacation or away on business. You know he or she isn't coming back, and that reality is often more painful than in the beginning. So while you think they need your love and hugs and presence in the beginning, and they do. Oftentimes, they need you more later on, months and years later, when they are trying to rebuild a new life and they really don't want to. It means their loved one is no longer alive. All along this journey, it is important for you to be close and check in with them. 
They may get help through a bereavement support group in your area, which you can research and bring them to. Maybe you go have coffee while they're in the group and then pick them up later and bring them home. Sometimes going to a support group reconfirms that they really are a bereaved spouse, parent, child, or sibling, and that's a rough realization. If they are having a very difficult time coping, you might research a grief specialist who can help. Remember that just because a counselor helped one widow, they may try to consider themselves a specialist in the grief and bereavement field, but that doesn't make them one. Ask many questions of the counselor or therapist who claim they are a grief specialist. How many people have they helped? Were they a grieving spouse, parent, or sibling? How long have they been a counselor? Where did they go to college? How long does a typical patient stay in therapy with them? It's important to differentiate between a marriage and family therapist who is working with families who might be dealing with divorce or other problems, but don't specialize in grief. Know the difference. These days, many good therapists will work with clients via the internet. So if you don't find someone in your local area, you can use Skype or Zoom to build a relationship with a great grief and bereavement counselor. As time goes on, open the conversations about their loved one. Say their name. Keep them alive. Play the Remember When game that I've spoken about in earlier episodes. It may bring up tears, but it will also bring up lovely memories. Bring photos to share that perhaps your friend or relative never saw of the person who died. We all take so many photos, and rarely do we share them. Sometimes on social media, but maybe not. Look back on yours, both digitally and from film of years ago. Nothing will warm their heart more than seeing wonderful memories with the person they love. Another wonderful thing to do to help your friend is to protect them from nonsense in their life. If they have other relatives or friends who are negative and abrasive, perhaps blaming them for the death or expecting them to do something they don't want to do, you can keep them at bay which will be a blessing for your friend. Do whatever you can to reduce the stress and anxiety they are feeling. Many find it comforting to pray with their bereaved friend or relative. Pray over them, giving them encouragement and peace. If you know prayer will make them feel better, by all means, do it in your own special way. As time goes on, we tend to back off, but it's really important to remember special days. Your friend's birthday, the birthday of the person who died, if they were married, their wedding anniversary, the anniversary of their loved one's death. These are especially sensitive times. So please do connect and acknowledge these days because there is no way your friend will forget. And you're remembering with them 
will really comfort and console them. Don't think that somehow, if we don't say anything, it would be better. On the contrary, bring it up because they will be so glad you did. It helps them feel that their loved one is remembered. And don't forget Mother's and Father's Day, weddings, graduations, births of babies, holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and Easter, which can bring melancholy feelings since they are celebrating without the person they love. While your friend is going through their grieving process, they may not be as sensitive to your trials and tribulations. It's hard for them to be sympathetic to what's happening in your life, so do try to understand. You may need to get your comfort from someone else at this time. They just aren't capable of worrying about anything or anyone else. Living through the absence of someone special in our lives is difficult, and it's a long process. Help them celebrate the life of the person who has died so as to reduce the level of negativity they feel. It's not unusual to feel so negative at a time like this and for a long time. But if that negativity continues daily, it can turn to depression. It is best to look at the best in the person who died and focus on the good times in their life instead of focusing on what your friend has lost. Using the emotional freedom technique and keeping a gratitude journal can help in focusing on the good rather than what they don't have any longer. I will leave links in the show notes. Remember, they grieve so deeply because they loved so deeply. You are an amazing friend. You are concerned for them, and by listening in today, you are better equipped to help them. Bless you for being there for them. So now, it's time to get up. Enjoy the music and dance and feel it. If you're in your car, wiggle in your seat and move your hips and shoulders. And if this is the first time hearing me, you might just think this is a little strange. But just do it anyway, okay? for joining me today. Remember to write five things in your journal each evening that you are grateful for. Visit my website, marymac.info. Subscribe to my list to obtain my free book and so we can keep in touch. I'd love to learn about all the people who are listening around the world. And please rate and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. And as always, 
Remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.